Good morning to you all. Once again, it's lovely to be with you and so that we can share uh, from the Word of God together. Uh, Ryan, uh, you could have easily continued. You had a great theme about greatness. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, good to be back here. Um, it's my second home in terms of fellowship. So from time to time, we will be fellowshipping together, and we want to thank God for that. I would like to acknowledge my wife, who has accompanied me, Gugu, and my daughter, Tafadza, who is with us as well today. Um, I think she last came here some time back. Um, yeah, she was still a girl. Now she's trying to be a woman. Um, yeah, but, uh, you know, it's part of life. <laughs> Um, I would like to pray. Father, we thank you this morning. Thank you for your goodness, for your love and your kindness to us. Thank you for the saints here. Thank you for Kingsmead Chapel. Uh, we want to give glory to your holy name this morning, for it is all about you. And we want to uh, acknowledge you and the Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus, your very presence in our lives, that's what makes us uh, have hope. Uh, because, Lord, without you, there is nothing that we can do. This morning, Lord, as we share together from the Word of God, we pray that uh, may you speak to us, may you encourage us, so that we are able to continue to walk with you and to fulfill our purposes in God. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. Amen. Okay, um, this morning, I would like us to read from uh, the book of Acts, chapter 26. Um, we are in a time where uh, we have had uh, Easter, and then we have gone on to, last week was Pentecost Sunday, isn't it? Yeah, uh, a day where we remember the great outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon the early church, which goes back to Acts chapter 1, when the Lord Jesus says to the disciples that tarry in Jerusalem until you receive power from on high. So they tarried there and spent time together praying and waiting for that promise, and on the day of Pentecost, the Lord uh, fulfills that, and there was a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and big things began to happen, and we have the book that is known as uh, the Acts of, of the Apostles, but in essence, it's actually the work of the Holy Spirit. Um, so, what does he do? He changes ordinary men like Peter who were afraid to speak out and uh, confess of their um, uh, discipleship uh, to Christ Jesus. Remember when he was now, uh, when Christ was uh, then taken and being tried, they asked him and he refused. Um, to say, I know this man. He says, I don't know him. Uh, and he does that three times. And when the Holy Spirit uh, came upon them, 
this man was transformed. He was now the one speaking boldly about uh, the, the truth, about the gospel, about what they had received from Christ. And we know that on the first day he preached his first sermon, we know that 3,000 repented and gave them their lives to the Lord. They became, they were converted. And then they continued ministering. And as that happened, um, they started facing persecution and that persecution uh, led to arrests and appearing before uh, the leaders, the chief priests and so forth. But they were determined not to look back because what they had received was different. We saw miracles beginning to happen. However, persecution grew um, and it led to them being scattered to different areas. Uh, but also at the same time, God was raising others to join the apostles and we had people like Stephen. And in Acts chapter seven, we hear about the story of Stephen uh, who ended up being stoned to death. And Stephen, uh, the Bible says he was a man full of the Holy Spirit. Uh, he was serving as a deacon at the time, and, but he was full of the Holy Spirit. And he, in, in that chapter, when now he's being questioned and tried, he gave an account of the whole, call it the whole Bible or the whole um, purpose of God going back to the beginning in that chapter. It was, it was summarized by him, but they still stoned him. And when he was being stoned, the Bible says that as he knelt and stones were coming and he looked up to heaven, he saw the glory of God. And when he saw the glory of God, uh, he also saw Jesus standing on the right hand of God. On that day, there was a man who was also in full support and saying, this man must die. And that man's name was Paul. Uh, in fact, at that time, his name was Saul. He was there saying, this guy must be put to death because he is blaspheming. And in Acts chapter 27, we now hear a different story about the same person who was there participating in the stoning of Stephen. And the Bible says from, um, we can, I'll give you a, some background as we go. However, Paul, uh, in Acts chapter 9, there is an account of him going to Damascus. Uh, the Bible is saying he was breathing with threats against disciples, wanting to have them to be arrested, and uh, anyone who speaks in the name of Jesus must be uh, stoned to death, they must be killed. So on his way to Damascus, something happens there. The Lord appeared to him in a light that appeared like lightning, and he's confused to say what's happening and he says how who are you lord in fact the the bible says that uh, jesus speaks and he says paul so why are you kicking against the gods 
And then he responds to say, who are you, Lord? And he says, Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. Then we hear of Paul, a source conversion, and he then becomes Paul, and he's given an assignment to go and minister the good news. So that's the account that I want us to read in Acts chapter 27, summarized there, because the same Paul now began to experience the same challenges that he was also causing to the Christians. He now became one who was also being persecuted. The case of the hunter uh, being the hunted now. He was the one who was against the Christians, but he was now the one who is preaching that gospel strongly, and the Jews were against him. So as he, um, he went through ministering in various regions, as we all know, um, and it came to a time when then he went to Jerusalem. And that visit is kind of like summing up the end of uh, Paul's ministry, but it didn't really end there. And when he got there uh, and he went into the temple, the other brothers had said, you know, you need to make peace. People are talking uh, badly about you, that you are influencing people against the law and so forth. So he goes to the temple with the other bro uh, brothers who were on a, pu a purification period. And then when they see him there, that's when problems started. They dragged him out of the temple, accusing him. Uh, and in that whole process, as chaos is happening, it goes, the word goes to the commander of the army and he hears this chaos. And he sent soldiers who came and uh, then rescued Paul. Otherwise, he was going to be killed there. As the commander rescues uh, Paul, and then he decides to uh, keep him under protection for a while uh, until he answers for all that. Okay. So now, it came to a point where he had to appear at the time uh, it was, uh, he was going to appear before uh, Felix, who uh, was a governor at that time. And then uh, before Felix was succeeded, uh, uh, at the time, it was, it, was, um, uh, it was Felix first, and then after Felix, then uh, came, um, sorry, who was the next one? Uh, Festus. And then Festus, after hearing Paul's uh, case, um, then Paul appealed to Caesar, then he ends up in Rome. But anyway, try to summarize what I could, but let me read. Okay, I didn't want to read everything, but it's necessary if you want to read Acts chapter 26. Uh, in verse 1, it says, Then Agrippa said to Paul, You are permitted to speak for yourself. He was now before King Agrippa. So Paul stretched out his hand and answered for himself. So he began to testify. Now go to verse 12. I'll read verse, to, uh, verse 12 to verse, um, uh, to verse 23 as our text this morning. While thus occupied, as I journeyed to Damascus, this is his account now, with authority and commission from the chief priests, at midday, O king, along the road, I saw a light from heaven, 
brighter than the sun, shining around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we all and and when we all had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking to me and saying in uh, the Hebrew language, "So, so, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the gods." So I said, "Who are you, Lord?" And he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose. And I want you to hear his purpose, to make you uh, a minister and a witness both of the things which you have seen and of the things which are yet revealed to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles, to whom I now send you, to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness uh, to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Okay. Therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly calling or vision, but declared, but declared first to those in Damascus in Jerusalem and throughout all the region of Judea and then to the Gentiles that they should repent, tend to God and do works befitting repentance. For these reasons, the Jews seized me in the temple and tried to kill me Therefore, having obtained help from God, to this day I stand, witnessing both to small and to great, saying no other things than those which the prophets and Moses said would come, that the Christ would suffer, that he would be the first to rise from the dead, and he would proclaim light to the Jewish people and to the Gentiles." Okay, we can carry on to read the rest of the chapter. But uh, the key verse of what we are talking about today or what we are sharing about today is actually verse 19. Therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. And the title of my message this morning is Obedience to the Heavenly Vision or Heavenly Calling. That's what I want us to talk about. So, I've given you an introduction. I was talking about this man called Paul who was persecuting the church. And in the process, why was he persecuting the church? He was part of the group who were uh, Pharisees or zealous people who were zealous for the law, uh, even beyond. Um, but in their zeal, they did not have the full understanding of scripture in terms of the things that were to be fulfilled and happen because the very scriptures that they believed that there was going to be a Messiah that was going to come and deliver the people of God. When he appeared, they, were, they did not believe that he had appeared. They actually fought against Christ. Every time Christ would minister, they were there to try and... Um, question him, uh, test him, and do many things because they did not believe. And Paul was one of them. 
Now, if we read scripture, we understand that Paul was a student of a great teacher called Gamaliel, a, a, a great teacher. Probably in, this, in today's terms, we can call these people, uh, he was a theologian, someone who was good at scripture and understood scripture. But we understand also that there is a difference between knowledge of scriptures and understanding scripture. And this is what we need today, that God brings us to a point where we are not only Christians that have knowledge of Scripture, but we have understanding of Scriptures, because when we have understanding, then it takes us in the right direction, which is why when the Holy Spirit came, Christ says that, I will not leave you as orphans, but I'm going to send you another helper, and it is the Holy Spirit. He will teach you all things. He will lead you unto all truth. Okay. So that is what we need. And this is why we are talking of Pentecost. Pentecost had to happen because without the Holy Spirit, they were going to be lost. They were going to stay in what they understood, which was limited. But they needed someone who was going to illuminate the truth in, in their life, so that their Christianity was going to be strong. And when Paul, uh, who was then Saul, the Lord appeared to him, the Lord made sure that there were people like um, uh, Ananias who then um, uh, preached the truth to him and he was baptized and he began to do the work of ministry. And Today, this man preached in various, he preached to, um, to, 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 to the Jews, he preached to the Greeks, he preached to all Gentiles. And after doing that, he comes to Jerusalem. And we know what happens to Jerusalem. That's where prophets are killed. That's where Christ was killed. This is where um, people like Peter are persecuted and Paul as well. Is no exception. He goes through that. They were actually beating him up when the commander came and rescued him. So there is persecution in Jerusalem. But that's where the Lord started preaching this message in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the utmost um, parts of the world. What I like, what was Paul's heavenly calling? He states it, and he says that, um, in, verse, um, in, in, in verse 16, but rise and stand on your feet. For I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness, both of the things that you have seen and of the things I will yet reveal to you. And then when he comes to, when it comes to his um, uh, final remarks to Agrippa, King Agrippa, he says, therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, but declared first to Damascus in Jerusalem and throughout all the region of Judea and um, to the Gentiles. So you can see the progression. This takes us back to the Great Commission. Now, in our generation, there are many visions that are coming through. People will tell you, I've been called to do this, I've been called to do this. But what I know is that our purpose and heavenly calling 
for Christians is that we may be ministers of the truth. We may be so winners. And this is what Paul says is his calling. He did what he was called to do. First, he, he preached to the Jews in Jerusalem, and he also preached to the region of Judea, and then he goes on to the Gentiles. Of course, Samaria was a mix. It was a mix of uh, um, people whom you can call half-Jews and also uh, the Gentiles, as you know, that uh, the Samaritans, uh, there was that rift which led to them saying, uh, the, the two, the Jews and the Samaritans, don't, don't mix. Um, because it goes back, as you know, to the time of Solomon's son, when there was a division of the tribe uh, of the uh, of Israel, and you have the two tribes going the other side, and the rest going the other side, and there was intermarriages in Samaria, which led to that dilution where the Jews looked down upon the uh, the Samaritans. Anyway, but the important thing that I want us to understand here is that. Friends, in this day and age, what is our calling, you and me? It is exactly what Paul was called to do. It is exactly what Jesus gave as the Great Commission, even if you go back to Matthew chapter 28. It talks about we are sent to be soul winners. We are sent to be witnesses of Christ wherever we go. And Paul comes with no different call or purpose. His heavenly calling was to preach the good news. Now extending it to the Gentiles, and he was being given a territory that was difficult for the other disciples to penetrate because of uh, some were stuck to the old traditions. You remember the, the quarrel between, or call it uh, confrontation between Peter and Paul, Concerning issues of uh, circumcision and that Paul, when uh, he's with the, uh, the, the, the Jews, he acts like he doesn't mix with the, with the Gentiles. But yet, when, he's, when there are no Jews, it's ev everything is okay. So it is now Paul, God, uh, God brings up this man. And for a good reason. Remember when Peter... Um, and, and, and John and, and the rest of the disciples were speaking in the name of Jesus. The word of God says that this, the leaders and the chief priests and so forth were amazed and they said, these are unschooled men. But the way they were declaring the word, it showed that they were with Jesus. I like that. It doesn't take so much schooling for you to be able to declare about Jesus. So Peter and them were schooled, were not schooled, but they became apostles. So this morning, maybe you are here, you are saying, I'm not, I'm not a theologian. I'm not very well-versed with all this. I'm not very educated. But guess what? The call of God for you to be a witness of Christ Jesus does not require that. He can still use you. However, because it's a body of Christ, he had to bring in another person in the name of Paul. Paul was a schooled um, apostle in the law. He understood the law. That's why we have so many letters that are written by Paul. It's because the man was taught well about the, 
the scriptures. But what he didn't have was salvation until the conversion. And when he is converted, we now see a change and bringing a new dimension to the growth of the church because he then goes into the Gentiles and he understood scripture very well to the extent that even when you read Rome, he begins to talk about the fact that, no, when you talk about Abraham's faith, it is the faith that he had before he was circumcised because to the Jews, circumcision meant a lot. But before God, Abraham believed God before he was circumcised. So that truth and laying down scriptures in a way that people could understand that it is just not about circumcision. It is about circumcision of the heart, which is the saving of God where a soul is saved. So I want us to know that you and me, there is no different calling that we have but to go and be witnesses. Are we doing that? Where are we with that? The community around Kingsmate, they need witnesses. They need people that are going to speak the word of God. People that are going to minister the truth to them so that we can fill up the church. There are sisters that are crying for some souls that are out there. They need to come here. And guess what? This is why God made sure that there are churches everywhere in every country, every nation. Even in Zimbabwe, there are churches in every community. It is because God is making sure that there is no soul that is going to be left without an opportunity to hear about Christ. So, in the body of Christ, I belong to uh, uh, Faith Ministries uh, as a ministry, but it's only part of the body of Christ. There is a community that we reach out to. There are people that are being saved through that. There is Kingsmade Chapel. You belong, you are in a community. There is uh, a community that you appeal and reach out to. Let's do that. Let's minister to them. Let's not uh, uh, fail to do what God has uh, called us to do. We need to populate heaven. We need to make sure that we do what we are supposed to do, the call of God upon our lives. Okay. So Paul preaches about his calling. I wanted to emphasize on the calling there, that the same calling that was given to Paul is also on us if we got back to the Great Commission. And I'm glad that Paul spoke about nothing else because today we'll be having new visions. In fact, they are there which people try to talk about me. I'm called to be a prophet. Me, I'm called to be this. Paul never said I've been called to be that. He was called to preach the good news. Okay. Now, one of the things that we also need to uh, understand about Paul is that God calls him, regardless of the fact that people like Stephen were murdered and he was part of that, it was not so much about that. God realized that I can use this man because the man was zealous for the, thing, for the law. But God needed to convert that zeal in the right direction. Sometimes we do things that are wrong, but we are zealous about God. And we do things that we think we are helping God when we are actually uh, opposing God. 
And this is the vision or the revelation that came to him. And when he had received it and began to grow in understanding that, remember it talks about him going to the desert of Arabia. And it's a time of being with God, understanding more of what God was calling him to do. So you and me, when we are called by God, we also have our Damascus experience. We need to appreciate that there is a need to spend time in the presence of God so that we understand the call of God upon our lives perfectly. How are we, are we spending time in the presence of God to hear God and understand what he wants us to do? For him to know that I should go to Greece, I should go to Antioch, I should go to um, uh, different places. He was hearing God leading him. Now I want you to go there. Because when there is a call, there is also uh, the voice of God to lead you all the way. And God demonstrates that even if we go back to the old ways, starting even with, uh, uh, besides our um, uh, fallen grandparents or great-great-grandparents, Adam and Eve, let's come to, uh, to, to Abraham. When he calls him, he just speaks and gives direction. When he takes the children of Israel out of bondage in, 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 uh, in Egypt, um, he gives direction all the way until they come to the promised land. God does not call us and fail to give us or speak to us and give us direction. All we need is to open our ears and hear God. So my few points that I have to summarize uh, Paul's journey, I've talk, spoken about a lot of things. The obedience to, heavenly, to a heavenly vision requires us to know our purpose, which we have laid out, and we know that it can never be anything else. The main agenda and call of a Christian is that we are witnesses of the good news. It can never change. Paul talks about laying a foundation, and he said that there is no other foundation that can be laid apart from that which Christ laid. So we are not expecting anything new concerning the truth in God apart from what the Bible has taught us and what Christ has said to us. Okay, so we need to know our purpose. Number two, we need to hear, always hear God and respond to his voice. When Paul has been tried, even uh, after being tried um, by King Agrippa, God had said to him, he was supposed to also preach in Rome. Because he had heard that, even when he was facing death in Jerusalem, he knew that there was not going to be death, but only suffering because God wants him in Rome. And in his trials, God gives him uh, wisdom because he was also a Roman citizen. And in his defense, when then they had said everything, he says, I appeal to Caesar. That led him to being sent to Rome. And the Bible tells us, if we go now to Acts chapter 28, when he arrives in Rome, well, even all the way, we know about the sheep which became uh, wrecked along the way, and God was just speaking to him. And it talks about men that wanted to jump out of the sheep because they were afraid they were going to die. But he brings in revelation and he says, if you jump out of this sheep, you will not be saved. There is a sheep called Jesus Christ, which we have to stay in. If we jump out of that sheep, 
our lives will not be spared. Christ Jesus is that safe ship where we can sail in, in life, and we will arrive where we are going. So he then uh, gets to Rome, and in Acts chapter 28, it talks about how he began to preach the gospel in Rome. Because when he got there, his prison conditions were different. He was uh, staying on his own, just a guard watching him, but this guard, his life had been saved through Paul on the way, and he was um, uh, nice to Paul, and he allowed him to do what he needed to do and preach the good news. So what I want us to uh, know is that there is a need to hear God always in our journey of serving God. I've talked about zeal already. That zeal is important, but it has to be accompanied with the knowledge and the truth of God. We need the Holy Spirit. The other thing that we need to know is that our faith in God has to also help us to fulfill our vision. And that helps us to keep focused and to be determined. Paul faced physical persecution. His body in many areas where he was stoned, he survived because God said, I'm going to save you from the Jews and from the Gentiles. That kept him going. You and me, we also need to know that when God talks about, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, whatever we go through in life, sometimes our persecution is different from what Paul suffered. We might face financial difficulties. How is it going to stretch us? Is it going to stretch us to a point where we deny God? I say to you, we need to endure such kind of persecution because there's one who says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So he was, you'll see us through any form of challenge. We are going to go through sickness. Is it going to cause us to deny Christ? When the Holy Spirit is upon us, when we know our calling in God, we are going to uh, keep going because we know that the Lord will never leave us nor forsake us. Maybe uh, the fortunate thing about us, whether in Zimbabwe, unlike other countries, we, no one will come to us and say, why are you preaching Christ? Why are you doing this? So we thank God for that. But there could be other persecutions. We are also now living in a world that is changing. And we are supposed to conform to certain things that are happening in the world. You all know... Um, I'm sure you are following what is happening in Uganda, where the issue of the uh, LGBTQ issues are a problem there. The whole world, I mean, the Western world is against Uganda because of that. But they've taken a stand and say, no, this is not what we believe in. I don't know whether that is motivated so much about uh, Christian um, uh, beliefs or it's just that the president see it as a value that they need to preserve. But regardless, it is something that he has done and has done something that very few Christians can do this in this generation. We are complying, we are accommodating. The issue is not to hurt the person, but it is to stand on the truth of the word of God and still proclaim the truth. Whether it's gonna make us unpopular or make us uh, um, a people that are seen as backward, I would rather be backward in God than to be forward in the worldly way where it's trendy, 
it's a rainbow nation, but the rainbow nation is not the South African rainbow nation that we used to know, but it's a rainbow of accept everything. But I don't know. Very soon we are going to have a situation where it's just no longer about a man uh, being in love with a man or a woman being in love with a woman. Now you know of the binary, uh, non-binary issues, you know, of uh, sex changes and so many things. Crazy things are happening. If you read about Sodom and Gomorrah and you thought it was bad, it's actually worse. But where do we stand? We still need to proclaim. We let's know our vision, our heavenly calling. In the face of all that, all those changes, you and me have got a purpose on earth. We need to preach Christ. We need to preach Christ even to that world that is perishing, people going the wrong way. We need to go there. So I would like to uh, end by just declaring that we need to remain focused on our heavenly calling and be obedient. And we should be prepared to defend our faith at all costs. Wherever we, we, whatever and wherever we are, we should be able to do that. At our workplaces, we had some people that were not so happy with, um, um, I mean, some of us taking a position to say, no, but this is not right before God. No, you're being judgmental. No, I'm, stick, I'm sticking to the word of God. If, if you want to think that I'm being judgmental, I refer you to scripture. And it is what the word of God says. And unfortunately or fortunately, the word of God is not going to change to accommodate the fallen state of this generation, the deterioration of values and many things. The word of God is going to stand and remain the same. The same books that we are reading are going to remain the same. There will not be any additions that will qualify to make uh, it into scripture, into the canon of scripture, because the new generation wants a different thing. So we need to pray for to God that, Lord, in this generation, may you help us, that the truth is preached. We don't compromise on the truth of the word of God because of the uh, persecution, because of the things that are happening. Paul decided to stick to the heavenly calling, regardless of adversity, regardless of the threat on his life, he trusted in God. And you and me, I'm saying to us today, let's trust in God and stick to the truth of the word of God and make sure we fulfill our heavenly calling every day, wherever we are, poor in Rome, under prison conditions, he was doing the work of ministry. We are not in prison. We have the liberty to speak where we want to speak, but we are not as effective as Paul, who was doing it in, under prison conditions. I'm challenging you. What's wrong with us? We are free. We have the liberty. God has allowed us to be in a space where we are free to declare, but we are not doing it. Now, when Paul talks about there is a crown awaiting for me, he knows what he's talking about because he had gone through a lot and he did what God had called him to do. You and me, I'm not so sure about our crowns because we have the space, but we are not utilizing it. We have the liberty to speak about Christ, but we are not uh, utilizing that. May God help us that in our nation, we can be the salt and light of the Lord and make a difference. God bless you. I'm going to pray as we conclude.
Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to thank you for giving us the liberty and the space to be able to proclaim the good news. Thank you for men like Paul who decided to stick to their heavenly calling uh, regardless of the adversity that he faced. Regardless of who he was speaking to, he says, King Agrippa, I have decided to speak nothing else but what the prophets and Moses say uh, to great men or simple men alike. So, Father, we pray that positions will not limit us from speaking the truth. The society we live in will not limit us from speaking the truth. Our workplaces will not limit us from speaking the truth. Our acquaintances, our friends, and many people that we meet in life will not limit us from declaring that truth. Because what is important is that we preach the good news. As you have purpose that the word must be preached unto all the ends of the earth, unto the all corners of the earth, so that every soul has an opportunity to hear the word of God. Father, bless uh, the saints at Kingsmead Chapel that they fulfill their vision, their purpose in God. That, Lord, you cause uh, their, their work, their influence to grow. Uh, Lord, in the space that you have given them to serve, we know even as Paul was called unto, Gentile, unto the Gentiles, we have Peter and them that were ministering uh, to the Jews. But Father, we pray that may you bless this uh, congregation, this ministry, and that Lord, they will fulfill their calling, their heavenly calling in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. There are those who are not feeling well here, Lord. We pray for healing in the name of Jesus because you are the Lord, our healer. There are those who are in, other, in different forms of uh, distress. We pray for the healing of God. We pray that, Lord, you cover them because you are their God. May you show your hand strong on their behalf and show that you are with them and you have not abandoned them, as you say in your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. God bless you, saints.